no chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 65 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your host, Ryan. And Nate. First and foremost, I want to say thank you, man. It was such a fucking great event, man. I give ourselves a big round of applause for executing such an amazing event. And shout out to all those that ended up coming out to, to, to celebrate with us. Did you have fun? I did. (laughs) I think we had a little bit too much fun. Like building up to this event, our first event, there's a lot of nerves. Yes. Tons of nerves for at least the, uh, the days prior. I, I felt like I wasn't getting any sleep. I was just thinking of everything that could go wrong in, in any possible way. Um, but once the, the event happened, once the, the first set like started playing, like first DJ, um, and shout out to all the performers, man. Shout out to our producers, um, TL Smooth, Brown Sugar Beats, and shout out to all the DJs with that. Spicy, Liness, Ace Funk, like these are our resident DJs, really good homies. And it's it's really cool to see like, yeah, your homies like yeah. kill it. You Every know person I mean? killed it that night. It was crazy. Shout out to everybody who came. Shout out to everybody that was there. It was so much fun. It, um, it, it was a, like a huge learning experience. Yeah, like it, it was the first time like being responsible for something that big. Yeah. You know, um, every piece had to be accounted for. And like, man, thank you to every thank they thanks to you. Like, yeah, we all killed it, man. That shit was awesome. And to that point. We are now throwing a monthly event, but more details to, to follow soon. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drop the drop the drop the hammer on you guys just yet. Um, but thank you guys for joining us in this episode, episode 65, man. Um, we got a lot of shit to talk about. Not not too much in the world of streetwear. There's a lot of a lot of weird things going on as of lately. Actually, we forgot to say in the last episode, our, our little Thanksgiving Black Friday episode, happy holidays, right? It's it's oh, the beginning. Did we not say that? No, we didn't at Shit. all. I think happy it's because holidays. we recorded it on a Tuesday. Yes. But our mindset was thinking in the future that it was Friday. Well, I mean, at least mine was in the beginning to kind of like when you listen to it, it's like, oh, our event is tonight. It's like, oh, okay, today's Friday. But um, happy Thanksgiving, late Thanksgiving, happy late Black Friday. Did you happen to do any like crazy shopping? None at all. I feel like I, I do less anything. and less yeah. every year. Yeah. Um, I worked that day actually on Black Friday. Yeah, remember? was it hectic? No, not really. Uh. It was kind of kind of chill. Did you guys have sales? No. Acting studios, I think. You got to have money to purchase that type yeah. of shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, happy holidays, guys. Um, let's get into some 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 streetwear shit and shoot the shit real quick on a, on a couple of topics. One of the things that I wanted to talk about, just because I don't know, like there's there's rarely any like drama in in the world of streetwear and high fashion, but for some reason there was a lot of people raving over this random uh, picture of Sean Weatherspoon. Everybody may may know him by the guy who started round two, dip dyed uh, rare Air Forces and Jordans. Um, created the 97 Air Max 1 collaboration with the Corduroy. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are familiar with his name by now, but he was known to be like the Nike dude, right? Like Nike everything, Nike collaboration, Nike... Vintage Nike. Guru and yeah. everything, right? That's kind of like what his store round two is like almost designed around, is like everything Nike. Um, in a recent picture, 
uh, <laughs> he's wearing like I forget which Adidas shoes. It's the uh, the Future Craft, the Daniel Arsham. Oh, uh, those are fire, actually. Yeah, yeah. So he's wearing some some Adidas shoes, right? Yeah. To to most people, it's like, all right, cool. He's wearing different brand of shoes, big deal. But I guess the all the hubbub about it is that Sean was basically under like a either a partnership or a deal through Nike. Obviously, doing the collaboration on the ninety-seven-one and following future collaborations, you would consider him the Nike guy. Like everybody knew him for the Nike guy. Now, basically, what I want to get to is talking about brand loyalty when it comes to like these influencers and brand partnerships. And do we have? Do they have to stick to the script of? Okay, I did this collaboration with this company. Is it just business or is it? Does it follow, like, am I now a Nike person, you know? I think with Sean, it's a little bit different because his background, him as a person, he is a person, I can tell, that kind of appreciates everything. Yeah. Of course, like, he has, he's like a diehard Nike head. He collects vintage Nike, obviously a collaboration with Nike and possibly future collaborations with them. Possible. Um, And he's worked with them very closely to kind of set up like you said, like round two is almost sort of based around what Nike is and Sean's and everybody else's appreciation for that brand. Um, but I think it's like I was saying, it's a bit different for him because he kind of appreciates everything that's streetwear related, mm-hmm. whether it's Nike, whether it's Adidas, whether it's this, whether it's that, you know, I don't think for him, I think for him, it's it's less about why take sides and why not just appreciate it at all? Like, why does there have to be such a huge line being drawn in the sand? You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, totally agreed. And I think in regard to this nowadays, it's all about picking a side, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. And that's the sort of sentiment that a lot of people are sort of attaching to this. Is like, no, Sean's the Nike guy. Like, be the Nike guy. Not only is it because nowadays the sentiment towards Nike is like, like, Everybody loves Nike. Everybody hates Adidas, right? Kanye yeah. West, Trump, boom. Everybody which is hates like, Adidas. Which is the com- a complete 180 from a year ago. Exactly, yeah. right? Like how fast that sort of mindset changes. And I think when we start to attach like all this other bullshit to the brand, it takes away from what our favorite creators do with those brands, right? Yeah. Watching Sean wear Adidas was like basically watching like our favorite player. Basically, if you're an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, watching KD go to the Warriors. It's yeah. like, are you fucking You feel serious? betrayed. Like, exactly. It's like I, like I was a Nike person. I thought Sean was a Nike person. I thought we were on the same page. Yeah. And now I see him wearing Adidas. It's kind of like, okay, well, you're kind of switched up, you know? Like, yeah. And I, I don't and this brings up a good question of is does is there a need for that brand loyalty as an influencer, as a tastemaker in in streetwear and high fashion, right? Like brands give shit to everybody nowadays. They um we're pretty much not we, but a lot of these influencers and tastemakers are practically sponsored by a lot of these brands. But as that doesn't mean that there has to be this direct tie. Like it's literally just, hey, we like what you're doing here's some product and advocate for a brand, but it's not a contract. It's it's not a binding agreement. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think streetwear or anything like streetwear related sneakers, whatever has to be so polarizing. I mean, obviously of course you have your Nike heads, you have your Adidas heads, but I think that it's, I, I appreciate what Sean is doing because it's genuine and it's authentic. He's wearing what he likes. He's not binded by, like we were saying, what other people expect him to be. Oh, Sean's a Nike guy. He collects vintage Nike. Great. Like, that's who he is. 
yeah. as opposed to just wearing whatever he likes, Nike or not. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. I mean, it's that whole being put into a box thing I think yeah. he was trying to break out of because the expectation is like, like obviously, if you release a great product, you're probably going to be known as that dude, right? Yeah. If you're the inventor of the salt shaker, people are just going to know you for that. And it's hard to break out of that, especially if if the idea of what you make performs way... Or it, it just surpasses all expectations, like his... Air Max 97 one collaboration did like literally shoe of the year. Yeah. And you can't really top that. So then you get pinned with, he's a Nike guy. He's the dude who made the shoe and knowing him and knowing like him as an entrepreneur, it's like, no, I'm just, I just love this stuff. Like, yeah. I don't want to be known as that dude. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think like he mentioned it before, I think either in an Instagram post or on his IG story or something like that, when he first, took a picture wearing Adidas shoes. He mentioned mm -hmm. that his whole campaign with Nike round two did the shirts was like more air, like less boost, you know? Yeah. And he was like, why, why should I be boxing myself in like, yeah, Nike's a great brand, but also like Adidas does some really great things too. So why should I have to limit myself to just one brand? Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's a really funny thing. And, and this is, could be a shot in the dark, but there's a huge, um, like, a part of Sean that's very like sustainable. Like it, yeah. he, the way he just thinks like thrifting him being a vegan is like very like, let's be smart about this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe one of the reasons why I decided to go to Adidas is because their focus is very like sustainability is key, right? Like 3d printing, like shoes made out of solely recyclable materials. Like that is the trend that they're going in. And maybe it fits more of like, where he is within his life and like his mindset and yeah. like what to wear and um and like w what products he wants to represent yeah and i mean it, like i said at the end of the day he's a product guy like yeah, you make yeah. a good product he's gonna appreciate it you know yeah and it was it was kind of off-putting at least for me in, in seeing that because like everybody wants their their idols and their heroes to remain the same yeah you know what i mean like we don't expect people to change or like get into something new like they're celebrities are just like us like we may be into one thing in episode one and maybe hate it in episode 100 but exactly. that's just how things are so yeah. we can't necessarily like be too bummed on it yeah but now sean's just and like he's the guy that's just the evolution of the climate of streetwear like i said earlier a year ago everybody hated nike like everybody yeah. was like oh i'm team adidas like adidas is killing it right now but look at where everybody's at now everybody you know switched back over to team nike that's true you know it's and you can't like you can't hate on that. That's just how things go. Like you either you like something or you don't, and then you start liking another thing. Yeah, not you know? everything. Not everything is always on this like steady incline. Yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. that. Like the 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 climate of streetwear and high fashion is that trends will come and go, brands will come and go. Yeah. Right. Like Fila at this point is at like a trajectory of like still constantly going up yeah. and eventually it's going to fall right back down. Yeah. That's just the natural like fluctuation of like the climate industry where exactly, exactly. Um, let's get into this next one. Um, so our favorite or one of our favorite trade shows agenda um, just sort of announced that it's going to be transforming its consumer centric uh, focus or actually it's a business centric focus to more of a consumer centric focus, more so along the likes of ComplexCon, HypeFest, and um, fucking all those other ones. Yeah. Um, so 
this is something that we talk about a lot in pretty much every episode is these experience events, right? We had a whole episode on on Hype Fest and talking about how, you know, there was supposedly supposed to be this new angle that this event was supposed to go at in educating, in um, artist talks, um, and sort of inspiring the youth and like making it not no longer about product, right? They even like transitioned out this all this exclusive shit is going to be sold at the event, but instead they made it available online. So the idea wasn't about waiting around for shoes or waiting in line. It was about interacting with brands, interacting with, um, with brand owners, listening to people talk and, and, you know, how things came to be. So hearing about agenda, which basically was one of the first to do the whole brands come here, showcase your shit, to buyers and sellers, et cetera. Um, this is where you come and this, and, and some of the biggest buyers in the industry will be here. So why, why, why would they want to change that, change that up? Like what, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me at least. I mean, it, I, I get it. Like it's, it's definitely, the market's definitely more consumer driven than ever. You know, of course it's, I don't know. To me, it just seems like they're kind of cashing in on this whole experience. Like we always talk about like this experience or whatever, like a convention basically, yeah, but yeah. less of a convention and more like product based. Yeah. You know? But it's, it's just, it, it's weird because you want to have your niche, yeah. right? And, and an agenda is the pioneer of this trade show. Like they are the definition of a trade show. You yeah. have a brand, you want to have a booth here and Sarah Andelman is going to come and take your brand and put it in Colette. Yeah. Right. Like that is, that's the dream for a lot of these people. And that is like, that's a business mindset, but obviously now, as you mentioned, very consumer focused. So why not? It's almost like selling out, right? Like why yeah. not just drop the shit and create like, um, like a, like an end clothing, like an online retailer agenda, the retailer, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you have all these connections with all these brands bring it in to create some consumer facing website and boom, like you have your own website now. But also I don't, I don't think that either of the two sort of experiences are mutually exclusive. You know what I'm saying? Like you can still have the trade show aspect, but also obviously have like the consumer facing aspect as well. You know, like you can have a convention where you drop product and you have consumers there, but I mean, who's to say that you can't have buyers there too, you know? That's true. That's and, true. And it's also a good experience for the buyers because they can see like in real time what brands are doing in terms of what kinds what kinds of consumers are gravitating towards this brand or like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess there's like a experimental factor that's incorporated, yeah. especially because a lot of these other ones, I'm sure brand owners are walking the floors of like the hype vest and the complex con, but the the mindset for a lot of them isn't to go and look at line sheets and look at yeah. what your future seasons are um, as what you're supposed to be doing at, at agenda. But I think having, I think I feel like shifting it though, shifting that mindset, it could, it could end up being the downfall of a, of an actual event. You know yeah. what I mean? Like obviously we've seen the, the decline in interest in that of like the complex con, right? Hype fest was, kind of a fluke um at least hearing from the experiences for the people that attended it 
it, it it's just not there anymore. And I think having that piece where it's like very consumer centric, dropping product, having performers, right? It's interesting to an extent it's like, like, to a lot of people now. It's like if you guys have ever seen a museum of ice cream or like whatever those kind of You go once of, and that's pretty much I've actually it. never been, you know? And oh, I don't really you gotta like, go. I don't really care to go or even like a complex con. Like I don't that doesn't really scream I need to go here yeah, to me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel the same way now. It's like being on social media, you get to witness everything. Exactly. You almost even have a chance to like complex con for black friday they re-released all the merch that all the brands did exclusively for a complex con and just released it on the complex web store yeah why would i have to go to complex con to get this merch when i can just wait and get it then even some of the shoes that released ended up just having a general release to the public if you're the type of person that wants everything first then sure why not like pay the extra money to get to the event and get that product so your you know your your little clout bubble goes even higher but but still at the same time it's there is that that factor of what is this going to do to something that was traditionally organic in what it was yeah. and what is adding this factor in obviously there are benefits like you mentioned like having consumers and buyers in the same in the same space makes it kind of a cool dynamic but also People like if something gets too played out, yeah, then like then it's gone, you know. And I felt like a lot of people, at least brand owners, looked forward to Agenda because it was one of the first ones, one of the original ones. But I'm wishing it all the best. I hope it's I hope it stays around. I hope it's not whack. I mean, we'll see what happens. I think it it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, you can kind of base its future upon like what happened at Hypefest, Complex Con, whatever. Yeah. But I think those are their own separate entity. And I think transitioning from an actual trade show where it kind of has this more serious air about it to something a little bit more on the casual side with like that's consumer facing. It'll be it'll be interesting to see for sure. And like I said in, in the recent episode, just make a fucking history of streetwear museum and have a gift shop. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's all you gotta do. Um all right. So this was an interesting one, and we kind of spoke about him in a recent episode. Um, but Samuel Ross, basically the creator of A Cold Wall, if you've ever seen it on Shoes or Clothing, it's literally like A, C, W with like some sort of bracket and some yeah. asterisks or whatever. Um, uh, but basically he decided to release this collection, and or within his new collection, he wanted to speak about what was going on within the world of streetwear. And he mentions this term called quick streetwear, um, very synonymous with that of high fashion, sort of within the same realm of of sort of trends coming and going, buying and selling of goods, the sort of mindset that a lot of a lot of kids um, in this generation have when it comes to buying um, and selling any clothing. Um, but he, he sort of speaks about it in a very, very particular way, in a way that we kind of discuss streetwear nowadays is how we want to have that emotional attachment. We want to wear our things. We want to collect it for the right reasons, not just because it's worth money or because it, you know, it builds our, our, our fuels our ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in talking about um, his newest collection, specifically his recent collection with Nike, is that his idea around creating the newest Nike shoe, which looks terrible, to be honest. It's a 
a cold wall and Vomero. Zoom Vomero five. And we worked at Nike. Jeez. Vomeros are trash. Like, why? I I'm not even gonna get into it. It's like a Pegasus. Or something. Yeah, something yeah. iconic. You know what I mean? But the idea behind his collection with Nike is is really thinking about sustainability and the life cycle that shoes and clothes go through uh, when you're wearing them, right? So in order, and this is a cool approach, in order to combat that of like reselling or having people worry about um, like strictly reselling this shoe or I don't know, like not treating it the way that he would want people to treat it or intend on people uh, to wear and, and sort of live with, he decided to take the shoe and add elements that made it so that you wouldn't uh, achieve the full potential of the shoe unless you wore it 10, 20, 30 times, right? So think of like um, the Air Jordan 1 uh, Vachetta Tans that came out a, a while back. It was, um, it the, the leather looked weird initially, but yeah. when you see people wearing them for maybe a couple times, a dozen times, it starts to break in and looks even cooler. Or even like the Lance Mountain yeah ones, those, like those ones that's a great example like in order to achieve this look you either have to skate them or you have to put time in like actually getting some sandpaper and like yeah. rubbing this shit away which is like kind of a cop-out um but how do you feel about like this this way of combating the mindset of what a lot of kids have in street, which is buying, selling. Um, this is what this is worth. This is how it's going to make me cooler. And instead, approaching it from a look, we got to think about our clothing in a different way. We got to be. We have to have emotional attachment. We have to treat it as if like it's our last, and really like start to approach it in a very like sustainable way. I think in theory, it's great. Of course, like, yeah. You want you want consumers to kind of take a step back and realize, okay, this is what I'm purchasing it, or this is why I'm purchasing this product. And for, like, I appreciate for this reason, this re this reason, and this reason. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, in, in concept, yeah, it's great, but I don't think that it'll necessarily combat people from reselling. I think it almost it's almost counterintuitive because... Yeah, you don't reach the full potential of the shoe until you wear it 30 times, but that makes it all the more desirable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Lance Mountains. Like, yeah, it, it takes like 20 times of wearing them to actually have the true colorway on the shoe. But th that makes it even cooler and that makes it even more desirable to like the average consumer. You know, no, I, and from personal experiences, right? Like um, a big one for us were those Converse Margellas. Yeah. The, the collaboration that they did with Margella. And basically it's a traditional Converse um, overlaid with like a white paint that yeah. uh, Margella is famously known for. And if you wear it for a very long period of time, the paint cracks and every shoe tends to look different after a certain amount of wear. Yeah. So and like that example makes you almost want to buy a used version. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like fuck paying full price for like the brand new one where I have to wear it and like actually like get it to that point. I'll I'll still pay resale for a pair if it's even the a little bit broken in and yeah. I don't have to put that much work into it. Because it's it. supposed to look like that anyway. Exactly. So why not pay, you know, the resale for it? And, but but I like the approach, and and this is why um, it's important, is because we always talk about this transition from, 
you know, us being tired of high fashion, right? Like we purchase pieces at a, at a rate that's like astronomical from what it's used to, right? We, we buy, we sell, we trade, boom, it's, it's here today, gone tomorrow. But this idea of what he likes to call like slow fashion and thinking actually about product life cycles really gets me thinking about like, what's the potential in really having designers pay attention to what they put into these clothes and how they market it and to what extent they have to in order to make people like really just like clothes for clothes. Like yep. I, if there's, and it kind of sucks because I don't think there's ever going to be a point where clothes aren't worth something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's always going to have a price tag attached to it. Like even if this is something that was $20, right? And it sells out forever within five years, 10 years, somebody's going to want that for $25, $30. Like I'm able to sell it because it no longer exists. So there's always going to be a price tag an extended price tag to every piece of clothing. So like you said, it makes it counterintuitive because it's like, okay, like you're putting all this thought into this product, but yeah. we're still going to resell it. Like yeah. eventually it's still, still going to be worth it. money. Yeah. yeah. But I like, I like the, the, the thinking behind it. Yeah. I like approaching it from that angle of like, Hey, if nobody else is going to be thinking about, you know, appreciating the clothes that you have and and having a story to tell for 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 as long as you wear that item, then who would, you know? And yeah. it's c- cool to see a guy like Samuel Ross to do that because I feel like his brand of Cold Wall is like very like ominous. It almost like takes on that like we got to change something, but I'm not going to say much yeah. type of type it's very of like mentality. mysterious. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is very mysterious. But I I, I like the idea of it. I just know that people are still going to resell it, unfortunately. For sure. That's just, hey, we're all about a dollar nowadays. and yeah, it's, I might it's resell it. Shit. <laughs> when does it come out? It comes out tomorrow? I think so. All Something right, like shit. that. Yeah, it comes out in a minute. Um, Hit me up. Size 10. Who needs it? <laughs> all right. Let's get into the main topic of the day because after reading this article that Vice put out, I thought it was pretty ridiculous, but there's also really a really cool approach to, to this newfound trend. And I'm pretty up on trends. Like, I may not like be a part of them, but I know that it's taking place. And I feel like anybody on social media is pretty much aware of, of any trend that's going on nowadays. But this one caught me really off guard. And in a recent ID, um, in a recent ID article about digital clothing, and yes, I said it, digital clothing, there is a discussion um, about this brand, a Norwegian retailer, is that where Vikings are from? Norway? Uh, I think, yeah, like Asgard. Norway, Denmark, Sweden. Yeah, they're, like they're, they're those, from like, that general yeah, area. Yeah. Um, so this Norwegian retailer named Carlings launched the collection of digital clothing. Now, if anybody knows who, um, who's that one AI? Lil Michaela. Lil Michaela yeah. is. There's a, a newfound trend where basically... You can take, you can buy collections of clothes from an online retailer and display them in your social media pictures. Let, let's explain this a little further right? because I was kind of confused when I first read this article. Yeah. I was like, digital clothing, like, like tech built into clothing, like we talked about before. Yeah. But just to kind of clarify, put the you know put this into layman's terms, it's clothing that you purchase that you can't actually physically wear you can only wear 
online. I may have like, left that part out. <laughs> as in, as in, like you can only wear it on social media, like an Instagram. It's yes. literally, it's like buying a Bitmoji, like you said earlier yes. when we were talking about this. Think of like skins that you buy for a character in like an online yeah. multiplayer yeah. game, right? So, the, I mean, we we all love the the outfit of the day hashtag, right? It's one of the largest growing hashtags, um, outfit grids, etc. Everybody loves selfies posting their own pictures on instagram right we love tagging every brand that we're wearing so why not create a company that's designed around creating clothing for those specific situations <laughs> i think that's a really smart but also a really dumb idea you would be very surprised like these i i forget the the actual term for this but in-app purchases of video games yeah. are very yeah, real ridiculous. Thing, That's right? how, that, like yeah. Candy Crush, like Plants for Zombies are. Okay. You can buy add-ons and new pack, like expansion packs, skins for your character. What was that one farming game uh, on Facebook? Oh, it was like Farmville far, or something. Farmville, like, yeah, yo, it was. They Farmville. killed it with that. People I should have. Yeah. Were spending like hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars on these games Fortnite in itself is a free game but makes money off of people spending money Crazy. in game so this brings us to this point of why not do that in something that we all indulge in on a day-to-day -day basis literally everybody everybody needs clothes if if you're if you're on social media pretty much you're probably taking a picture of if not of yourself and somebody else yeah so why not create outfits for that person you're taking a picture of? I mean, yes, I think in some in some situations, like, yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't we have clothes that we can wear digitally? But also it's like, where the fuck do I want clothes that I can only wear <laughs> digitally, you know? Like, is I get it. To me, it seems like this is more geared towards the people who care about what their image is on social media. You know what I'm saying? And there's a big there's a big piece of that. That's yeah. a huge part of what social media is and why it flourishes so much because we have to in some way shape or form feed our ego. And if we are conceited, if we think we look good, if if likes and retweets and all these things make us feel better, then we're going to it's positive reinforcement. We're going to do whatever it takes and we're going to con you know. continue to do that. So in a in the article it basically claims in their disclaimer which is to our point, what this disclaimer says on the site is you will not receive a physical version of this item, which makes 100%. Uh, it makes it, it makes sense, but at the same time, a digital collection basically gives you a digital wardrobe and basically puts us in this artificial world we're that in, we're, we're in the fucking matrix <laughs> that we're like starting to gravitate or transition yeah. into. Um, and, and to the point of the, of the article and basically what this brand from Norwegi Norway, Norway. <laughs> I was about to fuck that up. Basically from what this uh, brand in Norway says is, and I'm, I'm reading this quote off in the, the best way. Platforms like Instagram are now virtual one runways for millions of people that are expressing themselves in the most unimaginable ways. Unimaginable is a very good word. There. Yes. They're, pushing fashion forward at the speed of light. And now the real question and the, the the big statement here is that in the last decade, from what they're saying, fashion has moved from the streets to social media. 100% facts. True. Right? We Cannot spoke about Japan. We yeah. talked about the transition from this um, this center of you know fashion forward people like congregating and showing off their clothes to now 
We could do that shit on Instagram. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> We're living in a simulation. <laughs> How do you feel like first impressions on just like on just like a digital wardrobe? Would you have it if that ter- if that's what it turned into? Would you if if you didn't have to pay hundreds of dollars to buy your wardrobe that you have now and just to buy it online? No. Would you do it? No. Because one, like my life doesn't revolve around my online presence. Facts. I am, I am on social media. I have social media, but my life isn't. Is not social media. My life is not social media. That's a good point. There are, you know, not to, I mean, that's fucking real, dude. Literally, that's real. (laughs) It's real life. That's fucking real life. It is real life. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm, why am I going to spend money when I could buy real clothes and I can wear them both in real life and I could take a picture of myself and fucking still stun on you guys on Instagram. This is even true. Even though I won't, even though I'm not that dude, but if I wanted to be, then I'm going to buy the physical clothes and have the best of both worlds. I agree with that hundred percent. Like I am wholeheartedly about this, you know, I'm just going to spend money on real clothes. It doesn't matter if the amount I spent on one sweatshirt equates to maybe I can buy a hundred pieces of digital clothing yeah. with that same money. But I think where the where the this random irony lies is that there are a lot of people and I say a lot of people that are in this fake it till you make it mindset in which and we've I I'm sure we've done it before maybe not with clothing but with other items particularly microphones but we have bought shit used it and then returned the shit for the sole purpose of of getting what we need out of it so if clothing for some people is just a major flex, right? And their intention is, you know, I, I got to get this flick off and then I'm going to return it and just show people that I'm living this lifestyle that I may not be able to afford. This is their chance. Yeah. This What's is their the re- super chance. I want to know what the return policy is like for a digital piece of clothing. Like, Can you stretch out digital clothing? Yeah, like, does it have to <laughs> be in wear- like, sellable condition? <laughs> Can you stain it? Like, how do I finesse the digital retailer so they'll let me return it? Like, I, do I put the digital tags back on? <laughs> You have like a digital tag gun and yeah. you like put the I know I know you motherfuckers out there doing that. I know you guys have done that before. I for sure have. I'm 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 uh I return like well. doing this podcast, I return like three or four mics to Best Buy, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna say which one though. The for the not first couple episodes you were uh in and out of of, of Best Buy multiple times, let's say well, that. There goes our Best Buy sponsorship. Exactly. <laughs> but I think oh uh, overall though, like that that's where we're going. Yeah. And as <laughs> unfortunate as that shit is and in a weird way it's very very uh, what's one of the, the the deadly sins where you're like too into yourself what's that called uh is that is that one of the deadly sins fuck i'm pretty sure is it isn't isn't pride one of the deadly sins? Can we look this up real quick? Yeah, look it up. Jesus Christ! I go to church every Sunday. And <laughs> I don't even know the seven deadly sins. But one I think. Yeah. But I yeah. So yeah, basically, being too into yourself is a bad thing. Yeah, like for sure. And in the sense where pride, pride, that's yes. it. Envy can kind of go into envy, that. gluttony, all yeah. that shit is all applicable or all applicable to this digital clothing trend now obviously the future is going to bring on some weird fucked up shit in regards to clothing right we already have artificial intelligent instagram models we have digital clothing what the fuck is next like i don't know we all get like 
we're, what kind of world are we going to be living in? We're just going to be plugged in. <laughs> You've seen The Matrix, right? Yeah, I, I actually have. It's it's such a fucked up thing, though. Like, yeah. what does that do for traditional like clothing clothing brands? I don't think, for the, for the time being, I don't think anything is going to happen to, obviously, physical clothing because, hey, there's 7 billion people in the world and counting, you know? Like, everybody needs clothes. I don't think clothing itself is going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to drastically shake up the fashion world either because I don't think everyone's going to be so quick to bite on this digital clothing shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because one, I get it. Like, they're in-app purchases. They make a fuck ton of money, but... I don't know to me it just it's to me it's almost it's pointless okay so let's let's look at it from this angle because there's a good mention of a positive aspect sure. of digital clothing right and i may not believe in this whole 100 percent, but sustainability obviously great because no resources are being used it's um i don't know are, are megabit megabytes recyclable Shit. potentially it could yeah. be reused whatever um now this is a good this is a good way of looking at it. Think about influencer culture, right? Brands are literally literally providing free shit to people with hundreds of thousands of followers, shit that not a lot of us can actually afford, right? Very very expensive clothing and being a fan of those people, right? Knowing that I can't afford that, what if I can just purchase it, purchase it digitally? And in that way I feel I feel almost as close to that famous person that has that expensive shit. And in that way, like, I feel like I'm on the same level as them. How does it, I mean, it's a weird fucked up way of looking at things, but that's a potential plus. I mean, it depends how you look at that too, because that can be kind of construed as a positive and a negative. Because yeah. if you're doing the most to be this person that you're not at, you know, any cost, whether it means buying something that you can only wear online then yeah you can kind of that can kind of be a negative too you know like you're feeding your ego so much that you <laughs> have to be this person that's that's crazy it's, to a, me, pretty, it's a pretty bad way of looking at yeah, it i'm not gonna lie okay so how about how about using it okay let's look at it from like a, a streetwear owner perspective obviously like it's i'm not we're not going to sell our clothes d digitally but what if we could use it as a way to sample clothes what if it's like a Use it as a, like a way to like project clothes onto people to see how certain designs look or something like that. Maybe I mean, we can benefit off that in a way. Yeah, I mean that's a different approach. I think yeah. that is that would be a very useful tool, especially for digital online shopping experiences. You know, because obviously we hate buying shit online, and they're yeah. like, "Oh fuck, I got to slap a return label and drop this shit off of UPS." <laughs> like, fuck. all you got to do is hit the the X, the dialog yeah, box, like, and it's right, like, "Oh, I'm done." Cool. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like. I feel like it's it's a it's a technology that's just being utilized in the wrong way. Like yeah. in order it to stay away from feeding that of this like need for attention, at least within the social media realm of like, I have to look cool, I have to have expensive clothing, um, I have to be like that person that everybody likes, like feeding that ego essentially as if as we were saying, and instead using it in a way that can benefit that of consumers who always have questions about sizing and what does this graphic look on me? Is this color right for me? Um, do I want to wear what this brand has to offer? I feel like being used in that way can really benefit that of like the fashion industry and yeah. the streetwear industry, but using it in the wrong way, basically 
using it in the way that it's not intended for yeah uh, it could be it could backfire i mean it just easily. it's propelling this whole thing it's just adding fuel to the this fire of you know instagram or social media in general you know being such a uh, integral part of like who people are yeah and you know it just kind of perpetuates this idea that okay i like this will help me get likes. This will make me feel better. Like th- I need this. Such a you know harsh reality that yeah. we're living in and that we have to accept that there are actually people out there that are like this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and for sure. If this adds to that, then by all means, like indulge, but yeah. we're not going to have any part of it. But at the same time, we can definitely imagine. Oh no. Imagine this. Imagine you spend money on digital clothing and your fit is still trash. Like, um, <laughs> Right. Your imaginary fits and your real life fits are trash. <laughs> Holy shit. Just come just off Jeez. yourself. Just you're done. You're yeah. done. Don't don't buy, don't purchase, don't do nothing. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Holy shit. shit. I think that's a great place to stop. I mean, we yeah. touched on a little bit of everything in this episode. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate everybody that ended up coming out to the payout. We got them every month for the rest of our lives, hopefully. So definitely come out. We'll be able to uh, speak more on the details of our future events in a bit. But on that note, we appreciate you guys listening and we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Yo, don't forget, if you'd like to continue the conversation, be sure to follow us at No Chance Podcast on all social platforms. And make sure to use the hashtag HeyNoChance so we can see your questions to address on future episodes. We'll catch you later. Peace. Peace.